Greetings, salutations, and welcome back to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we are still on the road to Picard. Yeah, and we'll be till the 20th of January, we now know. There or thereabouts, yeah. (laughs) And um, after the cliffhanger last week, we're going to pick up and cover another... I was going to say another couple of Borg episodes, but the first one's certainly a Borg episode, Best of Both Worlds. I think we're actually doing a three-parter, because I think it all goes... This is a three-parter. It's the other one we're going to be covering is family, where we get the all the fallout and everything. But yeah, the the date's been announced for Picard, which yeah. is pretty cool. And um, they they've Amazon have said that it's going to be available in the other territories that they're covering within twenty four hours of the US broadcast. So that's good news for so us. So that listening. means twenty first, isn't it? Doesn't it should be. Yeah. yeah. And the other news as well for UK listeners is that um, Discovery's been picked up by E4 for terrestrial broadcast. The bad news is that Netflix has still got first run rights on it, so E4 are going to get season one sometime next year. Right. So it's going to be about two years behind the broadcast. I suppose it's still good, because there are people out there who don't have all these... Yeah, Netflix. And it's good that it's Amazon gonna, and and I think judging from um, the sort of response online, I think it's the first time it's going to be available anywhere in the world on free to air TV. Right. So it's it's a pretty big thing for E4. Yeah. But, um, well, it was E4 that ran on Enterprise, wasn't it? Mm. So they do have a pedigree of uh, being well into yeah. Star Trek. So. All the people who don't want to pay for Netflix, don't want to pay for CBS, will finally be able to... Watch it on terrestrial TV. Well, excuse? as long as you live in the UK. As long as you live in the UK, you'll be able to watch <laughs> Channel 4. Until whether the, that ends up being a subscription thing, I have no idea. I don't think Channel 4's going that way. No, it's weird with the TV licence, though, isn't it? But we don't want to... Well, Channel 4 doesn't, isn't covered by this. But you're not allowed mm. to watch live TV, even if... You've not got a TV. It's really yeah. weird. So anybody who's listening who's not in the UK, it's very odd is the TV <laughs> licence, but um, we'll see how all that works out. But yeah, back to the road to Picard then. So first of all, Best of Both Worlds, part two. The story- Shall we do this how I saw it originally and start five minutes in? <laughs> <laughs> we could do, yeah. But yeah, it's... Um, I think... We talked about last week how Best Birth Worlds Part 1 is like the best TV cliffhanger ever. Yeah. So, right off the bat, I'm going to say that I don't feel like this half lives up to it. And I think I think you find that every time. Yeah. Like... It's going to be something that Star have, Trek People have to hate with. me for this, but Infinity War and Endgame, I think, is the same. Endgame didn't live up to Infinity Wars. No, I think a lot of people are coming down on that. Yeah. That side of it, yeah. It's, it is an interesting one with doing two-parters like this, where one's at the end of a season, and then the writers and everyone has a big break, and then they yeah. come back, and... Because... It's not like they've written one story and split it in the middle. They've written it as one episode and then had, had to... the mid-season, at the end of year break, gone yeah. off on the holidays. I'm not sure if it was different writers came in. No, I mean, uh, we meant, as I mentioned last week, this one, it was a case of 
the original writer thought that was going to be the case, but ended up staying and so got given the job of digging yeah. himself out of the hole that he'd, <laughs> he'd left everyone in. So, yeah, it's it, but it's weird sort of how they do these two parts. Like, they, they have no idea what's going to happen in the second half. Yeah. They just concentrate on making a really good, really cliffhanger. intense cliffhanger. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it is a strange way to make things. And I don't think they do a bad job. I don't think this is a bad episode. I think it's a very good episode. But it's I, a good episode, it, but... It just doesn't quite deliver on the setup of the first part, but we'll we'll get into that when we go through the episodes. The story, basically, the first thing, as you missed that first time, <laughs> is that the weapon just doesn't work. Yeah. And the idea of it is it's because... Picard's knowledge has gone into Locutus yeah, and so he it's can... Been, it's been assimilated so yeah. the Borg know what to expect. Which... And they've adapted. It's sensible and... And it, and it is what we know of how the Borg operates. Oh yeah, it, it works, but it can't help but feel like a cop-out after the build-up. It's... Yeah, well this is set... Like, this is still only the third Borg episode. Yeah, yeah. But this sets up a big thing about the Borg going forward that they adapt. Yeah. And they learn from people... As soon as you assimilate someone, they know everything. Yeah, and it, it, as I say, it works on a story level. But, as I said, it just can't help but feel like a letdown. Like, oh, so after the whole Mr. War fire, do-do-do-do-do, and he's... Oh, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, it, it had to be that, really. There was no other way of doing it and keeping Patrick Stewart in the shirt, you know, so there the was talk well, was there was talk might be leaving but as soon as he decided to stay there's no way they can let him blow up blow up the cube, no the bog cube. So it, it has, and also it had made a very short second episode to be fair to say, the bog cube up straight yeah, away. your episode's done, I mean that would have been interesting you know, if they did that with a two-parter, just resolved it straight away and then went into something like family, like an yeah. epilogue. But obviously, the main part of family is uh, Jean-Luc Picard, so yeah. you would have lost that. But yeah, so basically, it conks out, doesn't work. And then the rest of the episode is, we find out that they're going to engage them at Wolf 359. Yeah. Doesn't go well for the Federation. No, no it doesn't. And like... All we see in this episode is um, the carnage after the battle. Yeah. But what is nice is DS9 was a couple of years later, went back. Yeah, And yeah. they filmed the battle, which... Yeah, because it's... <laughs> you, yeah, because I, I had in my head that you saw a little bit of it in this episode, but you don't. You don't see any battle. You you see the, the Admiral the communicating, communicating them, and but that's lose, it. And that's it. Yeah, so it's... It's great that we, we did get to revisit it eventually. And we get a lot of, in that, uh, where they see the debris field, we get all all these ships that are cobbled together from other little models. Yeah. And it's good that it shows it all, but what's... It's, it's made a Eagle Moss collection. Yeah, I was mental. just going to say, that's, what, <laughs> that's where it's come to bite me all these years later, is that... Eagle Moss are selling me all these different ships that you find floating around doing nothing, but... There we go, I could cancel my subscription if I wanted to. But it wouldn't be a full set then. No, I know, but they've just extended it again. <laughs> but anyway, um, so there's a bit of... The Enterprise gets a bit of a battle with the Borg Cube. Yeah. Not Again, the Enterprise is not very effective, but we get this cool thing of them separating the saucer. And yeah, and they, did <clears> like, they knew that Picard would know what they were up to. Yeah. So they, 
it looked like they were doing the plan. Yeah. But then it changes. Yeah, and that's very clever, and it's picking up on a plot point from last episode. There was the whole thing of, you know, Riker takes it to Picard, but Shelby goes over his head. And so they do yeah. bring that back, and because Picard knows what they're going to do, or thinks he does. Yeah, the ball could be prepared, but then they start doing something different. Yeah, so that's, that's very good, very clever, picking up on what they've done before. Eventually, then, they rescue Picard from the ship, and we've got this thing with Data basically trying to hack in yeah. and implant a suggestion. Yeah, it's trying to hack into the root code of the Borg. Yeah. And then it basically puts them to sleep, which I'm never clear on why, but it leads to the Borg ship self-destructing. Yeah, I can't understand why it self-destructs unless it's... Unless it's something to do with the fact that they've all gone to sleep, so it it the machinery thinks uh, takes it, it as a malfunction. Because I, mean, I can't imagine there's ever a, a normal circumstance where all the Borg regenerate yeah, at once. It probably is something like the, Shelby does sort of give a bit of a technobabble explanation yeah. for it, but you know what? It's probably they just felt like the orders an explosion, so we yeah, we, we get we one got a nice explosion. So that's wraps up the story pretty much. Picard gets away and we can see that it's still weighing on him. So yeah, there's some like I'm I've always been confused by this. Like we're going to Picard gets away and they've like he's had surgery. Yeah, they've debogged him. Yeah, yeah, but he has the bog arm on. Yeah. So do they cut the hands off when they put the bog hand on instead? I just put it over like a glove it, puppet. Yeah, I can't, and I've, it's I always mean, confused me that because we have seen images where Borg have had things removed, and there's been no. That's true. No yeah. arm. So I'm wondering, has Picard now got a robot arm? Maybe so, like Luke Skywalker sort yeah. of thing. I, I mean, it's he already has a robot arm. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's never stated that he does, but. No. But it's never stated that he doesn't either. So yeah, I, it's often it's just one of them things that I've always yeah, wondered about. I'm just thinking it does show them sort of putting it on under. They slide it over. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good point. And yeah, so let's look at what we get on Picard in this one. I mean, it's it's a unique episode in a lot of ways. That there's plenty of Picard, but he's not Picard for most of it. He's yeah. Lacutus for most of it. And I like. Um, how he keeps calling Riker number one, even it, though he's Lacutus. Yeah, it's sort of uh, letting him know there's a tiny bit of Picard in there. Yeah. I, I've always thought that. Yeah, and it's also, I think it's kind of a way for the Borg to sort of get under Riker's skin a little bit, Plus, u- yeah. using a familiar, a familiar, a familiar term. term. Yeah, that's he's not going to be comfortable with an enemy calling him that kind of thing. Yeah, And then there is a lot of sort of talk of uh, have we lost Picard, is he gone and when they have the briefing scene I like that the the Admiral that we've already established is Picard's friend, he's the one who says we're going to treat him as somebody who's been lost in battle yeah. and I'm not going to have a word said against him Yeah, and that's, I think that's really good, it shows like the friendship between them and Talking of friendships, you've got Guinan sort of counsels Riker a bit, and she says that her and Picard's relationship was beyond friendship and beyond family. 
which again we've talked about this before with Picard and Guinan, like we never quite yeah, get. Yeah, there's bits pulled up in some novel like novels. Yeah, there is. That of the past history. Even like things. you know, we we've talked about his autobiography before, and even there, it does give a description of how he met Guinan, but it's it doesn't it's show them not, being that close. Yeah, it, it's not whatever this. No. implication is like we do have it is it times arrow where we meet her in the past so yeah they have that they have this strange connection through time as well they do yeah which but i wonder if she's partly referring to that maybe so yeah but even then it, it i still feel like there's a bit missing yeah there's something we, we've not had the real story of what it is with picard and Guinan. we might get it in picard hopefully well yeah i'd like to see that and um did now this is going to open a whole big can of worms now? But are you aware of the Picard's crystal thing? See, this is it. I wasn't until I read about this a while yeah. ago. Picard has got a crystal on his desk, and quite often he picks it up and he plays with it and he moves it around. But like people aren't aware of it. And it's not until somebody tells you about it that you start picking up on it. Right. And in this episode, when Riker goes and sits in Picard's ready room, his crystal is quite clearly on display. Right. But it's worth checking it out on YouTube because I read a whole article about it and it says, you're not going to believe this. You're going to think this is a wind-up. But Picard has this crystal and it's in, it's in something like 100 episodes or something. And there's bits where... Riker picks it up and, like, Data picks it up and things and someone takes it onto the bridge at one point. Is it just one of these strange things that... It's, do you think it's one of these strange things the actors are playing with? Maybe so. That they, can they get away with no one noticing yeah. what they're doing? and they did for about 20 years yeah. and, until the internet cottoned onto it. And it once you tune into it, though, it, it's one you, of these... It's one of these that you can't unsee. Yeah, but it's... I wish you hadn't told me that because I'm... No, well, like, that's I am busy now. re-watching, as we all know the next Honestly, just watch for it it's usually in his ready room and say sometimes he sort of idly like a fidget spinner just plays with it or whatever yeah. but sometimes he walks around with it and it's really peculiar but <laughs> I spotted it in this episode and I was thinking is Riker going to pick it up now but he doesn't but yeah keep an eye out for that one and if anyone sees any examples of Picard's crystal, let us know on the Facebook group and we'll try and keep a tally of it all. I'm sure I'm sure someone's probably already Somebody, done it somewhere. Uh, yeah. Somebody'll have been sad enough to sit there. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So Picard then, when they rescue him and he's technically still locutus, I noticed though that once he's on the ship he starts calling the bog they instead of we and I wondered if that was a really subtle way of sort of cluing us in that his own personality is trying to emerge. Yeah, it's it's a very strange one. It's like like you said, like with the number one. I thought like I've always thought him saying number one was letting Riker know that there's still a little bit of him yeah. inside. But you see it as the Borg taunting Riker. Well, it could, but I mean, it works both ways. Yes. Yeah. It works both ways and we don't know which one it is. Yeah. Like, I know that we have a scene where he has the little tears. The... Yeah, and the, his skin goes grey. Yeah. Like, we see him sort of go from, see, he had his normal human pigmentation, yeah. but then it's like that one step further kind of thing. 
So yeah, it's it's interesting how much of Picard is coming through and at what point and yeah. everything. So I just wondered about that subtle use of there. But eventually, you know, obviously he does break through and he gives Data the sort of Tell tip yeah. to put him to sleep. And this includes sort of one of Beverly's most stupid lines where, where she says sleep, uh, he says sleep, and she says, oh, he's exhausted. Yeah. And it's like, oh, come on, use your brain a little yeah. bit. <laughs> it's clearly not that's what it is. <laughs> and then, as I said at the end we do see that he's clearly still impacted by it, and yeah, even though... Yeah, and he's got, like, bits all over him. And yeah. hopefully a robot he can, because I think Picard with a robot hand will be pretty cool. That would be quite good, like, was it... <laughs> so we're putting this out there now for your CBS, you can give Picard a give robot Picard hand. Give Picard a robot hand. And you've got precedence to do it. <laughs> yeah? I wonder if, like, the Borg nanoprobes upgraded his artificial heart a little bit. Oh... But then it does nearly kill him in tapestry, so they didn't do a good enough job. But but yeah, I wonder what would have been. They'd have been no, like, oh, he's already got a bit of metal in there. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's the biological side of it's a little bit... Yeah. They're going to this sure. a lot more in Voyage. Yeah, yeah and the, the thing is as well, Picard's only just been borgified, yeah, it's so like, presumably it's easier yeah, to it's get him back. Yeah, it's only two or three days... Tops, we don't think it's a long time. And that's no doubt why Picard doesn't have to have, like, a sexy headpiece left on him like yeah. Seven of Nine does. So, yeah, he gets away, as we go on to in the next episode, he gets away sort of physically unscathed, but there's... A lot of mental... Yeah, you can see on his face and everything that there's going to be repercussions, and it's great that they do spend an episode to do that yeah very brave at the time but yeah. we'll get to that and moving on to Riker then so we get he's not as he's not as much at the forefront as this as he is in part one but we do get a sort of resolution to the thing with him and Shelby and everything yeah. and he's, he says it's begrudgingly he's making of the first officer yeah. but I think it shows he's got respect for him. He's got respect for him and he's making a first officer because regardless of his personal feelings, yeah. she's the best person for the job. Yeah, and he even says like he recognises something of himself in her. Like he yeah. says, you know, the you've got a lot to learn almost as yeah. much as I had to kind of thing. Yeah. So there's their relationship in this one's a lot smoother than it was in the first one. And Riker does finally get to be the captain of the Enterprise, albeit a, a field promotion. Yeah. Now, don't field promotions count as permanent? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've read. I'm sure I've read or heard somewhere that if you get a field promotion, it does count as an actual thing. I'm, so this has always worried bugged me that he's captain of the Enterprise. Hmm. So he's made captain. So he's actually taking a demotion. To stay yeah, on board. to stay on board. And it's... Yeah, because at, at the end, they're all talking about where are you going to go next and you're probably going to have your pick of the fleet. Yeah. And, and wouldn't he retain... Even if he decided to stay on board as Picard's first officer, wouldn't he still retain the rank of captain? Well, that's... An, you'd have thought so because... And we do have precedence for this. Yeah. From the Wharf of Cannes. Yeah. Where we have Admiral Kirk... 
we have well through the movies we end up with that we have Captain Scott yeah we Captain have Captain Sp- Nahura Captain Spock yeah Captain Spock and even uh, Chekhov's the captain in Generations yeah and- but we do have where this, yeah, well, they're serving not as the captain of a ship, but, but they have the rank. But of, they hold the yeah. rank, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was a, a decision from the studio kind of thing because we were still in this era of syndicated telly where they want you to be able to dip in and dip out and maybe they thought if people come in and suddenly everybody's calling Riker captain, but he's still the first officer, yeah. will it confuse people? I don't... Possibly. I don't know. I, I don't think field promotion's counting. I can't see how he could be... Yeah, gone. I mean, well, Wesley gets a field promotion. Ensign. And, and his, remains as a full ensign. Yeah. And does Nog get a field promotion to lieutenant in DS9? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is quite funny. See, he got promoted faster than Harry Kim, in fact. Well, Harry, when Voyager started... Nog was still a civilian yeah. at school, and by yeah. the time Voyager finished, uh, Nog was a lieutenant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Harry. So, <laughs> but we'll 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 talk about Harry when we look at Voyager. But yeah, so Riker, not quite sure what's going on with his rank, but he gets some good stuff in this episode. Like, he clearly still feels that he's under the shadow of Picard. To it some does, extent. It, it's like. He says, he says it straight, doesn't it? How am I meant to fight Picard? He wrote the book on the Enterprise. Yeah. And like, there's the bit where he talks to his chair and it's like he's he's wanting advice from him kind of thing. But then he does manage to beat Picard, kind of like you mentioned before. Yeah, which is... Yeah, the, the fire of all that antimatter, so the shuttle that they're not expecting yeah. can fly under the sensors and, and steal him, and kidnap him. And this is interesting, the the kidnapping him thing, because, again, you could read it as either Riker's wanting to rescue him because he's his friend, but later in the episode, you see that he's really doing it for a tactical advantage. Yeah. It's, he's not risking people really on a personal mission. He thinks no. the best chance of beating the Borg... Is to take away that tactical advantage yeah, they've and, got of... And to try and... Cutis. To try and use the the conduit of Locutus the other way. Yeah. And get some information from him. So Riker's showing that he can make tough decisions. Tough, and that, com- very tough command decisions. And he, he, he's not acting out of sentiment. Yeah. He's, he's doing sort of a really good job as captain. And then even at the end you see it again where... They talk about the Borg self-destructing. They say, well, we don't know what will happen to the captain if you do it. But Riker says, do it. Do it. We've got to let it. <laughs> yeah. The the risk's too great of yeah. leaving a Borg cube alive. So, yeah. you know, he's willing at that stage even. Obviously, Picard is expendable at this point. This is it. Yeah, obviously he hopes it'll turn out okay. Yeah, but he is willing to gamble. Yeah, absolutely. So I think... The sort of resolution of this can Riker make the tough call arc that we started last episode. We're seeing that he yeah, can definitely. Um, he, he's put that that that's gone to bed. Yeah, and I think at the end, Picard expects that he's gonna go get another yeah another ship because he says a former first officer of mine, you know yeah, and obviously he Def- doesn't, but but he he should have. He probably well, he, 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 I think in the real world he would have. Yeah, 
I mean, it, it is but the thing. Of... It's, it's like we say, it's syndication, and we're laying it. No, and he's he wants to stay on the Enterprise and says my career, which makes this I is mean, the best place for me. I mean, we talked about it last week, didn't we? That it's you know, is it better to be the first officer on the Enterprise than the captain on the lesser ship? And yeah. to Riker, it's obviously the Enterprise. Yeah, I'm going the... to the best missions. I'm involved yeah. in the most exciting stuff. Or I could be on some ship that I suddenly. Oh, go six months that way, and then, see if anything's yeah. there. Oh, it isn't. Oh, well, come six months back. We'll just be on a scouting mission or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't blame him wanting to stay on the... Besides which, the Enterprise is the only ship that's got its own show at the minute. You know, He yeah. might have gone to Voyager if that... Well, He'd have known that yeah. we're going to get he its did own do a ca- show. He had a cameo in DS9. Oh, he does, and in Voyager, and in Enterprise. Yeah. So he's done all right as freaks for <laughs> cropping up all over the place. Um, looking at the sort of what we find out about the universe, then first of all, like I know we don't see it, but this is kind of the biggest battle that we've ever had alluded to in Star Trek. Biggest one in Star Trek at the time. Yeah, definitely. Like I, st- like at this time, because like we know what we get later on with DS Nine with the tens of thousands of ships. Oh yeah, yeah. But there were still relatively small for fleets of ships. We've got like, tw- was it 12 ships? 20 ships? Uh, Wolf 359. Yeah. I think he says 40, the Admiral, but yeah, right. we don't but see it's that. Still not a, it's still not a huge amount of ships. No, it's not. For this, the size of the quadrant that the... Yeah, and he says we're going to throw everything we've got at them kind of thing. Yeah. He does say, though, there's more on the way. Like he says, there's 40 ships will be there within 24 hours yeah. with more. And they mentioned that they've... They're bringing the Klingons, the sending task forces, and they've even thought about the Romulans. Yeah. That kind of foreshadows what happens in DS9, that they end up all... All joining together. All joining together to fight the Dominion. Um, I noticed as well, there's a little bit where Barclay's referenced, like they say, we're going to have Barclay working on something. And I thought that was a nice little call out, because it's, you know, Barclay, Dwight Schultz, we only see him when they want to stump up the money to have him as a guest star. Yeah, we, we see him a few times. We do, but it, it's nice to be reminded that he's that part, he is of, part the of the crew. Yeah, so I like that. And they talk about using nanites as a way to attack the Borg, which I thought was interesting. It builds on, they mention a previous adventure. I think it's, is it the first one of uh, Season 3 Evolution where there's nanites in it? And it, it's nice that... Yeah. It's nice that you get a little call back to something that's happened before. And it also sets up this idea of, can we beat the Borg by introducing something that's going to wipe them out, which we're going to cover next week. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that the, the planting little seeds are things here. We get the last source of separation in next gen. Well, before the generations movie, anyway. Yeah. And... Yeah, it was always a, like it's one of those things that they wanted to use a lot. Yeah, but budgets cost. Like at the time, it was still physical models we were, use, yeah, we were yeah. using. It was this is before all the CGI that we have now. So it was really expensive to do these these shots. Yeah, where you separate. So no, and that's the clearly budget, why it is. The budget just didn't stretch, and that's why you don't see in next gen massive huge space battles. No, because. The models themselves are massively expensive to build. Yeah. Just to blow up. Let and alone filming them well, in that's all the different... Well, filming them 
to manoeuvre and things yeah. is very, very difficult. So, and they don't have, like, you know, the budget that George Lucas had with Return of the Jedi yeah. to do something like yeah. that, you know. But yeah, it's... I like that we're getting little bits and bobs and everything. And, you know, the seeing the source of separation is cool, even though... The idea of it is that you use it to evacuate the civilians, but that's not what they do here. They use no, it to double the ship. firepower, yeah. basically, which is cool. There's a bit, um, and again, we'll pick up on this next week, but Locutus describes Data as obsolete because he's a pure machine, and that's something we're going to yeah. deal with with the Borg a little bit later on, and it's it's interesting when you consider... What happens in first contact with Data when she yeah. meets the Queen and yeah. everything? So she's then uh, trying to put skin onto him. And... Yeah, there's some interesting ideas there, but we we do explore them a bit more in Descent, so we'll we'll look at that. And we find out a bit more about the Borg and how it works. So they say everything's divided into subdivisions, and it's all controlled by a root command, and then. The person who's talking gets cut off and doesn't get to finish the sentence. So I'm wondering that if it's all controlled by this root command thing, is that the first evidence of the Queen, really? That there's something central that's controlling it? I mean, yeah, I don't think for a minute that was in the writers' minds when they wrote that line, but it does. It does sort it of. It does fit in yeah, with what queen. we find out later. So you know, it's a yeah. It's an interesting idea that something, again, is planted back there. And then the last sort of bit I picked up on is just before the ship's going to self-destruct, before they pick out breaks through and they decide to put them to sleep and everything, Riker orders them on a collision course at warp speed. So is he basically going to try that thing that they do in The Last Jedi and just basically fly through a ship at warp speed and... Hopefully obliterate it kind well, of thing. I think the the plan is that flying into it at warp speed, it'll be a, like that's a huge kinetic force hitting. Yeah. Plus, it's gonna have that. There's gonna be the huge antimatter explosion. Yeah. So yeah. I think he's hoping that the kinetic force is gonna smash through the shields into the ship, mm. and then it'll just blow up from inside. So it'll, it'll take it'll it out take that it way. Out. Yeah, that's what. As I say, it reminded me of that bit in Last Jedi yeah. where they do it and. And you got all these this fan backlash saying, "Well, why don't they just do that all the time?" Like, well, because it's a kamikaze. Yeah, because you die. You can't do <laughs> because it. Because you're dead once you do that. Yeah, you, you <laughs> and can it's only, over. You can only do it the once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not your preferred tactic, but again, it shows the level of threat that the bog pose and how serious everybody takes it. That, that Riker, Riker says. A thousand lives and the Enterprise is a small price. Yeah, to, to save stop these the Federation effectively. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we, we've probably covered a fair bit of them as gone through. But any particular highlights that we've not sort of touched on yet? Uh, I think we've covered most of it. Like, I do like the part where Picard has the tear come down his face. Yeah, that's good. As as he's being transformed, he's sort of like he knows what's happening. The tear comes down of that I can't stop this. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. It's, yeah, it's like he's... I'm trying to think of a way of sort of describing it, but yeah, it's like something inside sort of giving up, you yeah. know, and yeah, it's... It, you know, even though he doesn't move his face, it's incredible acting from yeah. Patrick Stewart, you know. 
there's a couple of bits like we talked about how they can't, they don't have the special effects and everything, but there is a really nice shot when Data and Worf are on the shuttle and it leaves the saucer section's shuttle bay. Yeah, and then we see it fly past the star drive section during the battle and everything, and that you know you can see it all out of the shuttle's yeah. window. And I think that's a really good sequence, and. I like Worf's line. Like, I think, like, to be fair, like, we talk about budgets, but I think they spent a lot on this episode. Oh, yeah, I think I'm, so. Like, family, you've got to say, is probably quite a cheap episode to make. Probably. I mean, there's a bit of location work, but, but not, not an enormous amount. Not, yeah. There's no, no massive effects work. Um, what's the episode afterwards? I think it's Brothers, where Law comes back, is it? It's around that time, yeah. Yeah. But I've got a feeling that it's quite a low-key, the one after... The recouping the budget a yeah, bit that after this used, one, yeah. that they use like two or three episodes worth of budget for yeah. effects, which... It, and, it's not too surprising. And I have no problem with them doing that every now and again. No. And to be fair, we get a great episode like Family out of it. Yeah, yeah. Then another bit I really liked was... When Locutus is saying he's going to assimilate everybody and Worf says, the Klingon Empire will never yield... <laughs> I just find that quite funny. What about any any bits you didn't like? Any any low lights in the episode? No, I think it's quite like we've said. It's it doesn't live up to the hype of Best Both Worlds no. Part One, but I think that's indicative of all all two parts. I think they it, find it a very lot difficult. of them. Yeah, I think Voyager, and um, we'll, we'll touch on some Voyager um, a little bit later when we're looking at Seven of Nine, but. Um, I think Voyager generally does better with its two parts. Yeah, I wonder if by then they'd started writing them as one. Yeah, and one. well, Voyager does a lot that are in the middle of a season, yeah. whereas this is season finale and season yeah. opener kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I'd say I really enjoyed it. It doesn't live up to part one, but that's fine. Part one's one of the best episodes of TNG, yeah. so it's yeah. not. that's not a main issue. One thing I thought was a bit silly is they go... The Borg have broken through the Mars defence perimeter and it's just three little shuttles. You're like, really? Well, three little fighters, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, what? yeah. It's like, that, that's your Martian defence perimeter. Yeah. I'd have invaded it a little bit sooner if I'd have known that were all <laughs> yeah, you were going to The Klingons know this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Klingons are scared of the Martian defences are famous <laughs> and all this stuff. Wesley has a silly line where he says, the saucer section is a sitting duck. Like, oh, come on. Just sounds silly. But yeah, there's, you know, there's not yeah, a lot wrong pick, with this it's one. It's hard to pick faults, isn't it? So yeah, big fan of that episode. Yeah. And let's move on then and look at the next one. Family then. So we've we've already referenced it a couple of times and it, it goes to your idea really that this is pretty is much a three-part three episode. Parter. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you can watch Best of Both Worlds. Well, you can watch Best of Both Worlds without watching Family, but you can't watch Family without watching Best of Both Worlds. No, I think you're absolutely right. It's, and it was a very, very brave episode at the time it was made, because, like we've referenced lots, it, the show went out on syndication, mm-hmm. and they were designed that you, very rarely you got two-parters, because what they wanted was any time you could watch a show... And you could pick up because you'd know the characters there was That's continuity. It. And it'd be something exciting, but families all Picard. 
Oh, pretty much it's yeah, all Picard. There's a couple of little other bits going on, but it's all Picard. The main thing is how the experience of the Borg has affected Picard. Yeah, and that's there's, it. There's nothing exciting really happening in this episode. No, it's purely it's, a character piece. Yeah. And it, it's a very good one, but yeah, like you say, like we usually sort of talk about the story, but the story here is Picard goes home, Worf sees his parents, and Wesley gets a message from his dad. Yeah. That's it. That's it. There isn't a... <laughs> No, there's, there's nothing no, else. There's no jeopardy. Uh, well, there's a little bit of jeopardy. Will uh, Picard stay with Starfleet yeah. or leave? That's the only jeopardy in this episode. Yeah. I mean, it, interestingly, they apparently they did have an idea at one point that there was going to be another story thread of people disappearing from the Enterprise while it was being repaired. And ultimately, they just decided, you know what, there's enough character stuff that we don't need. I'm glad that. they didn't put anything, anything I am, in. Yeah. Like, if you're not a big Star Trek fan and you don't watch TNG, this would be a very difficult episode, I think, to just sit down and watch as a standalone. Yeah, it's a hard it, sell for... It is, it's a hard sell to anyone who isn't a Star Trek fan. But within Star Trek fans, this is one of the best ep- top episodes yeah and it's it's absolutely warranted with what picard's been yeah. through it's it's good to take but, a breather and to show the impact yeah of it. but it's also nice because like with syndication and what often happen you'd have these big events happen and then the next week you're just on another adventure that's it yeah and the took and no show did this at the time no i can't think of any other show doing this no at this time and they took the time to go an entire episode of what is the consequences of this yeah <laughs> of this experience. I think the only other time sort of Star Trek touches on it is after the Zindi arc. I think it's about the third episode of season four of Enterprise. There is an episode set on yeah. Earth where Archie goes rock climbing and um, Flox and Malcolm yeah. and everyone go for a few drinks. And it's clearly designed to be oh. Enterprise's version of family. And well, it, it, like, that's nearly 20 years later. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like you say, it's not just, we're back on an adventure, yeah. here we go. It, and not only is it taking the time to show what the effect this has had on Picard, but also the fact that the ship needs repairing. The ship's yeah, not going to be good enough for yeah. a while. Plus, you do get a little bit of the rest of the crew, like... The Wharf, I think the Wharf and his parents' subplot's fine. I like Wharf's dad, how he keeps talking about how he's got all the specs and diagrams yeah. and everything. And, you know, ultimately they're worried about Wharf because of the the dishonour and everything. Yeah. So, again, it's it's picking up on threads that have... Yeah, there's, like, TNG, I know there's lots of standalone episodes, but there's actually quite a few little story threads yeah. that they do follow. And, you know, I don't know how far they planned this season in advance but setting up um, reminding us of Worf's dishonour and everything sets up the season 4 finale which will be redemption so. well it also sets up a reunion which is of course that's season 4 isn't no, it yeah uh, no it's yeah. a season yeah that's season what I mean. three. no we're, well we're on season 4 oh, now season 4 now yeah so yeah it's season yeah. 4 so it's like halfway through so yeah I'd forgotten yeah. that that hadn't already happened it's in my rewatch I've just watched reunion <laughs> right <laughs> So yeah, it's um, they are again just planting little bits here and yeah, there. Yeah, they're keeping stories going. And so let's look at because you know this is 
primarily a Picard episode and we get a lot from Picard. So, first of all, we find out this is the first time he's been back home in 20 years, or he says nearly 20 years. Yeah. But, so that tells us a lot about his family and his relationship with them. And, you know, it, it comes across as, certainly with his brother, the very estranged. Yeah, the estranged. They're definitely estranged, him and his brother. They have a very strange relationship. And they've got sort of polar opposite views and everything. Yeah. Um, Like, his brother won't even allow a replicator in the house. Yeah. His wife has to cook everything fresh. And (laughs) I wonder if she's secretly got one and doesn't tell him, because there's something a bit later on that made me wonder that, but we'll we'll touch on that. And, yeah, talking about his sister-in-law, like, He's never met her before, so presumably yeah. he didn't go to the wedding. Yeah, so he's never met her. He's never met his nephew. He's never met his nephew. He's clearly but, been in touch. Yeah, and he thanks her for letters that she's written. Yeah. And, and making him still feel included. And she goes, well, yeah, you're part of the family. Yeah, but then that's telling that Picard almost doesn't feel part of his own yeah. family, you know. And um, we also meet his friend, Lewis, who it's it's quite good that we see that Picard had friends back on Earth. And, yeah. And it's one of... This episode, in fact, is one of the few times that we meet humans on Earth who are not part of yeah, Starfleet. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we actually see anybody who is Starfleet in this on no, Earth. you're it's right, all, yeah. It's all civilians. It's Yeah, and, you know, they've all got their own ways of life, like... Robber's got his his vineyard, yeah. and th- this friend is trying to raise the ocean or yeah, something. Trying to create like an, an, a new continent. A new continent by the sound a, of well, it. Well, the same the Atlantis project. Yeah, it's which is which is the only jeopardy in the yeah. He's, it's the whole show. It's like he tries to sell the job to Picard to come in as. And yeah, I suppose like you say, it's will Picard go? I mean, we know that ultimately he won't. But, yeah, but that. But yeah, that's the only sort of tension, I suppose, going on. And then Picard's interesting because he does seem to feel this estrangement, but we also get a a sense that he's really proud of his family and he likes how dedicated they are to the traditions. Yeah, it's it's like he doesn't agree with Robert because he likes the technology, he likes Starfleet. Yeah. He can appreciate and respect Robert's devotion to doing things yeah, traditionally. That's it. He's not saying your way of life's wrong and you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Whereas Robert's approach is your way of wrong is wrong. <laughs> you know, your way of life is wrong yeah. and you should have stayed on the farm and you should have done this and should have done that. This is a lot of this is covered in your biography again. Yeah. We do reference this a lot and David A. Goodman has done a couple of these autobiographies. And they really are worth a read. Yeah, they're really, really good. <laughs> they're very clever. They fill in, they fill in the history. Yeah, and yeah, there is a lot of stuff about his his family relationship and a, a bit of his youth and everything in there. Though, with Robert in this episode, I do wonder how much of it is an act because we get he basically incites Picard into having a fight with yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's... It, it pushes him and. It, it gets him to let it out. That's it. And so that does make me wonder. I'm sure most of the things that he's saying he does think, but... If he's if he's, he's been 
deliberately obtuse yeah, with it. He's playing it up. He's he's been a lot he's more antagonistic. Push, he's trying to push Picard's buttons and and that's or Jean Luc's buttons. We have to say Jean Luc. Yeah, of course. Once for Picard's. Yeah, and it shows that even though they are estranged, there is a really close bond with them because. From the moment Jean-Luc arrives, Robert knows he's keeping something to himself. He's bottling it up. I've got to get him to let it out. Yeah. And this is what I'm going to do. And he, pushes, and he push, keeps pushing his buttons. Yeah, he does. Not, not hard, but he's pushing his buttons a little bit more, a little bit yeah. more, till he breaks it out of him. And he, he knows, he recognises that this is what my brother needs. Yeah. And it, I suppose it's a bit of tough love in a way, yeah. but it, it, I think it shows that Maybe the brothers understand each other a little bit better than they'd like to let on. Yeah. And it, it's quite touching, really, when it, it finally culminates and he's able well, to have the break fight down. And and the card breaks down and he openly goes to tuck everything from me. Mm. I have no control. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's it, isn't it? That's what we, we got hints of in Best of Both Worlds and... He's maintained this exterior of I'm fine. Like at the start of this one with Troy, he's saying, yeah. you know, I'm good. But it's good that he finally gets to let that out and explore it. And, and um, as I, I, like, I know Troy's the counsellor, but I don't think he could break down like this with no, Troy. I don't think With he his could. brother in the middle of the field, no one else around, he could let it out. And that's it. And it, it is like that with family. Like, it, he obviously feels a degree of support and he feels safe there to the extent that he can do it yeah and you know Robert's got a good line where he says you know you have to live with it but do you live with it on earth or on the enterprise effectively and and he tells him straight he goes this is going to be with you for a very long time and we still see this in uh, first contact is having nightmares yeah and I think we're going to see it again in the Picard series so well we know that we've we know the Borg we've seen there. two we know the Borg involved so yeah we've not I don't think we've quite finished with it which is fine because it, it is it is a big part it's probably the most traumatic event he's ever going to go through has gone through yeah and it will stay with him forever yeah and he's done horrific things like if if he's destroyed 40 starships what they must have minimum probably four or five hundred crew yeah yeah so he's killed something like 20,000 people and, Starfleet officers and we see that directly with Cisco yeah. in, in Emissary where they have a bit of a confrontation so yeah. it's it's not something that you can brush off lightly no and it it speaks to the strength of Picard as a character that he can carry on, and you know, no one would have blamed him if he had have come out of Starfleet no, and gone for something else. I don't think anyone would else. at this point. But I think, I think there's, I think you've got like with Cisco, who whose wife was killed, who were directly involved, always going to find it almost impossible to forgive Picard yeah. for what he's done or what happened. But I think a, a lot of other people will just feel sympathy that this was done to him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's one of them that, you know, Cisco, I'm sure, knows that it's not Picard's fault. But he but can't help. He can't separate it out. He can't you know. help, but you kill- <coughs> it was you who killed my wife. Yeah, I mean... Um, that's explored quite a lot in Angel, the TV show, like the... 
I'll try and not give away too many spoilers anyone not seen it but the uh, a vampire hunter comes back I after Angel I think people Angel. who want to see it will have seen it Probably. by now <laughs> so a, a vampire hunter comes back to hunt down Angel um, because when he was evil he killed his family and that is explored there that he's like I know that you're not the same person but it's that face that did it and yeah. I can't ever not want to kill you for it yeah. you know so it's it's an, it's a really interesting idea to work around with and it's a shame we never got more Picard and Cisco together. Yeah, I was hoping there might have been another a crossover, another crossover. and see them have to work together or and, something. And, and, and maybe re- resolve it, resolve the difference. Yeah, or at least admit or that come to terms with they, it. They have least. some respect for each other, but they can never be friends or whatever. You yeah, know, but it's a shame. I mean, I would say that the you know with Picard coming out you never know but I think Avery Brooks is pretty firmly retired so yeah I think it'd be very unlikely they would coax him out from what I've heard but again you never know CBS All Access have got deep pockets yeah it appears so at the moment if Avery wants a a bit of a boost to his retirement fund you never know but it would be nice to see that at some point Going on to sort of what we get of the Star Trek universe then, because it's such a sort of self-contained personal story, we don't get a lot, but there are interesting things like what's going on on Earth. Yeah. That, we mentioned this project, they're going to raise... Yeah, they're creating another continent. I don't think there's any shortage of space or anything There doesn't Earth. seem... I mean, I no, because you see this vineyard in France yeah. and its fields and... Yeah, so I don't think it's a case of that there's any shortage. I just think it's a case of... Oh, can we do this? Yes, can can we do it? We're going to, and it's, we don't have to, but we can. <laughs> and Picard talks about like it'd be fascinating watching a new continent grow, and yeah. how does the ecosystem work, and what does it tell us about all the life that was under the sea? You know, so it it shows that even if you're not part of Starfleet, it does seem that humans generally want to expand the horizons yeah. and want to explore yeah, I things. Like I don't think Starfleet's a be all and end all. Like we see a lot of these science outposts to go to. Yeah, yeah. And these people outside out Starfleet. No, that's true. And you mentioned as well Robert's not into technology and that's sort of an interesting thing. Like this was this was the episode I think that my granddad stopped watching Star Trek because he said, well they're going into this house in the future and they haven't even got a microwave. And that that was it. He just could not wrap his head around this idea. But is that because he didn't watch a lot of Star Trek? Or... No, no, he was quite into it. And I think right. this one just really wound him up right. because there wasn't any but any think, of the technology. But that's done deliberately, so there's the polar opposite. Yes, it is, exactly. Um, and it's done to an extreme. Yes, it is. And it's clear that he's not the norm. Yeah. Um... Which brings me on to sort of one of my highlights of the episode. I love the scene after they've had the fight and everything and they're just sat there getting pissed on the wine <laughs> yeah. and they're singing a song. And I think I think it's fair to say that most people can relate to having a few too many drinks with your mates and then your partner walks in and you get in trouble, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I can certainly hold my hands up to happened. that having happened. Yeah. And this is but, the bit that makes... But she's very... She looks... She takes one look and... She almost knows what's gone on and she's yes, understanding she of it. 
Yes, I, I I bet that when Jean-Luc went, Robert got me a phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. But this is what makes me wonder about the technology, because if I did that with that mud, I would not get away with it. <laughs> so I'm wondering if she's got like a secret replicator or a phaser sweep or something she can yeah. do. Like, I don't care about the mud, I can just beam it away. Yeah. Something like that. And um, another bit I really liked is right at the end there's the scene where Renee's looking out to the stars and Robert says, let him dream. And that makes me think that he has exaggerated it. Yeah, that is... For, for Jean-Luc's benefit. Yeah, I think, I think personally, I think, like, I think personally, it, it does live without technology and he is against having it in the home, but he can also see his brother's son really well and he's yeah. not going to stop it, his, his son, his son can go eat... Can either follow his footsteps, so he's yeah, that's it. He, he can he, he can make his own choice. He's not going to be yeah, told. He's, he's not imposing it upon yeah. his son, kind of thing. Well, if you read the autobiography, Robert had that lifestyle imposed on him by yes, the father. and that is alluded to in this episode. Yeah. You you get the sense the dad was fairly strict, fairly disciplinarian, and didn't want Picard to to go down the path he did. Um. Any other particular highlights you picked out? Um, I like when Guinan's talking to Worf's parents about what they're oh, bedding. Oh, yeah. And, what, you never give him prune juice? Yeah, <laughs> he only had Klingon stuff. <laughs> yeah. And anything that doesn't work so much? Um, no, I think the episode's actually... I, I'm a big fan of this episode. Yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, a great I, episode. I've, no... I, I can't think of things that don't right. work in it. I'm I'm glad that, like you say, that they talked about putting other bits into it. Like, yeah, crew members disappearing. In. I'm really glad that they didn't go that route and put. Well, ultimately, that story became um, "Remember Me" with yeah. Doctor Crusher. So they they kept the idea. Yeah, they just used it somewhere else. But yeah, I agree. I don't think they should have put anything anything weird. And even though it does break the format of Star Trek at this point, but. The only thing I thought didn't work as well is the the Wesley stuff, because it, it's fine for it is, but I think it amounts to three scenes dotted throughout the whole episode, and you know we could have probably dropped that and given Picard a few more minutes. Yeah, I think. But just, it's harmless. It doesn't ruin the episode. It doesn't ruin the episode, and I think it just like to be fair. I think it just keeps that the episode's family. Yeah, and it's just showing another sec another side of it, like. You've got Worf, who's the orphan, and his yes, parents. Yes, yeah. The character of the, estra- the estranged brother. Yeah. And then you've got Wesley, the single child. Yeah, I'd never thought of so it that way. So you've got three different... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that does... Yeah, it works better with three examples rather yeah. than two. So, yeah, it does serve a function. But, yeah, I think it's a great episode. And as we said, it's, it's really brave to do something that is just a character piece. Well, it was in... What would this be? Nineteen ninety-one. Yeah, it will have been. So and on TV back then in syndication to come out with an episode like this was. And I remember as well, like uh, as like, I mentioned when we were covering Best of Both Worlds Part One, on the BBC broadcast of it, um, they showed Best of Both Worlds Part Two straight after Best of Both yeah. Worlds Part One. But then it was a couple of years before they got the rights to season four onwards. So this was the one they launched with, which, and I think Sky did the same here. They, cause they yeah. had a big marketing campaign uh, with clips from this episode, and you know, it, it, 
I mean, it's not the season opener, but no, but it, it was kind of presented as that in the UK, and it, it's a weird one to come in with. Yeah, uh, it's like I can't remember it being. I, I, it's a long time ago. And I'm willing to hold my hands up. I may be misremembering, but yeah, that's the way it's I remember it. a long time ago, it. so I can't remember how it was released, but I can't imagine it did viewing figures any favours. No. A, a new show launching with this, if you were trying to plug it. No, that's it. And I mean, I suppose what I'd tell would be the following episodes viewing figures, because this one would be big because it's the first, first one. But then I wonder if there were a drop-off. Yeah. But either way, it it didn't matter. It it. it it's effective. Yeah. It's a great episode. Tells it's, us tells a really tells three three family stories yeah. in and different ways. It stood the test of time, and it is an epilogue to Best of Both Worlds, and it's effective. So yeah, and it also shows us the farm that we know that Picard's retired. Yes, to. exactly. So, so we're seeing we're going to pick up on that. I mean, there there is a couple of interesting bits um, in there. It's like Picard says, "I'd never leave Starfleet," which we know from Picard that he, did. that he will do. But he also says, um, if I'm ever feeling that way again, I can come back here. I know where to, yeah. But then Robert and Rene are not there no. when he goes back. So, you know, are we going to dive yeah. into this? I like how, uh, there's another part I like when Robert's, um, when they first sat round for something to eat, <laughs> Robert pours him a drink and he goes, be careful, this isn't your symphony, oh, this yeah. is the real stuff. And he gives him a bottle to take back yeah. with him as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a very, very good episode. Um, so we'll wrap that up here I'm try- then. I'm trying to remember, what, do, can you remember when he drank that bottle of wine? I can't actually. That'd I, be something to, I'd like to look into actually. Yeah, see if we can pick it, up. Oh, if anyone knows that, Tell yeah. us on the face. Does page. he drink it? Does, and, and, who so when, and who will Because Robert yeah. told him specifically try not to drink it alone. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. Um, yeah, that's a very good one. We'll, um, <laughs> we'll work on that one and maybe yeah. get an answer at some point. But It might just go on the Facebook page after this yeah. episode airs. So, if you want to get in touch with us then, we've mentioned the Facebook page. Just put Retrek in your search engine on Facebook. You'll find us. We're also on Twitter at RetrekPod and we're on email RetrekPod at gmail.com. Next week we'll be back with we're still jumping around next gen. We're sticking with the bog though and looking at iBorg and Descent. We're gonna do yeah. the two parter. Yeah, wait in one. It's looking at another <laughs> character that we know is coming back to Picard with yeah. Hugh. Exactly. So we're gonna cover those ones for you next time. But for now, thank you for trekking with us this time. We'll see you next time on the retrack. Thank you, bye bye.